everybody, I'm Pastor AJ Houseman, and welcome to Shit They Don't Tell You on Sunday, a podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Well, welcome to episode 22 this week. Um, today, our guest is Deacon David Hope Tringali who is the co-director of Tree for Hope, which is a nonprofit providing educational services. Um, is it kids or just girls in like mostly? Our school is just for girls, but uh, yes, we work with education with boys and girls as well. Nice. Yeah. So um, in Guatemala, so David's in Guatemala. So how's the weather in Guatemala? I mean, it's beautiful. It's 75 and sunny right now. And it will be tomorrow and the next day and the day after that also. Oh, I mean, like that does win. That does win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe wherever you're at across the United States right now, it's just outrageously hot. So. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Heat wave and everything. And I'm, yeah. I'm not at all envious. You know, everyone always asks us when we're visiting back in the States. They're like, oh, it's got to be so miserable down in Central America, like that close to the equator. Do you just sweat all the time? I'm like, no. No, no, I keep my shorts and a t-shirt thing going. And it's, it's pretty darn comfortable. Yeah. Cause you have that mixture of like, also, oh yeah. What am I your first international guest on this podcast? You are, you are the first international guest. Yes. Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. big deal. I feel that like is a pretty, special. a pretty big deal. You should feel kind of special. Yeah. Um, I'm glad like this, you should put like a little out. asterisk, like shit yes. they don't tell you on Sundays international. Yeah. We're just, we're, <laughs> we're going global these days. Um, I don't know if you totally count. I have to be honest because you are from Pennsylvania. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it's only, it's only mildly cheating. Anyways, though um the bible right so um today right, we're going to talk about yeah the the new testament reading uh for sunday september 5th uh which is labor day weekend so if you weren't planning on going to church because you weren't going to at all or just because it's labor day weekend you're like mm, definitely not gonna go um great you can get your you can get your little bible fix in here so our text for for this week is James chapter 2 verses 1 to 10 11 through 13 14 through 17 or verses 1 to 17 I've I've talked about this before so they've heard it uh David about the annoying ways in which sometimes the revised common lectionary really puts those things in front of us anyways no it's funny I was literally just looking at it I'm like why do they exclude 11 to 13 sometimes like it's optional you know it's yeah, too long like, clearly not as important as the rest of it exactly mm-hmm. um, anyways I think I complain about that almost every week so maybe I should stop but probably not because I've said this before too is I have a lot of complaints about the revised common lectionary I don't have any solutions so um <laughs> Right. Well, like, it I seems think to be working for you so far. You're like 22 episodes into a podcast now. And yeah. People are still listening. Well, I mean, it's just a schedule, right? Like it's a way to, right. to kind of be able to get various topics in, which is kind of just really how the, the lectionary system works. Um, yeah. To be able to kind of encapsulate um, more. Uh, but it does leave things out, right? So like maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a chunk of time where we'll just like spend six weeks addressing 
things that the lectionary chooses actively to leave out. So that can be a yeah. fun chunk of time. I mean, the lectionary gives us like six weeks to talk about bread. So we could really talk about anything for six weeks, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's why we, we did the mini series is because I don't want to talk about <laughs> bread for that many weeks. Not that bread's not great, but you know, enough. Anyways, let's get to James. Here we go. Here is our text. James chapter two, verses one to 17. My brothers and sisters, do you with your own acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor, you say, stand here or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be the heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who oppress you. Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point has become accountable of all of it. For the one who said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What is good, my brothers and sisters? If you say you have faith but do not have works, can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their body bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There was a lot there. That's a that's a meaty passage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's maybe why you get to leave that middle part out if you don't really want to, because you're like, oh man, that's just like. <sighs> Too much but i don't know i'm i'm wondering if you take that middle part out because that's where people start to feel guilty when they read that part Ooh. and the rest of it is like because like look at this this is calling us out like 11 is like if yeah. you say don't commit adultery and you don't murder but you don't commit adultery and you do murder you are a transgressor of the law and yeah. so it leaves that space for all of us to think about like ooh, what part of the law am i breaking yeah and like or is there any like guilt I need to be feeling for that or, or anything like that? So uh, I think it's our get out of jail free card to take out 11 to 13. Right. Yeah. That's a good point um, of, of how that would be perceived differently. And if you don't want people to, to hit that for sure. Um, so this, I believe, is our 
first dive into the book of James on the podcast. Um, so this is in the New Testament. It's one of the, the epistles, one of the, the letters um, in there. And it's from someone who identifies themselves as James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, often it gets attributed to James, Jesus's brother. Um, but, but we don't actually know that for sure because Jesus did have two followers who were both named James, but they both got killed pretty early into the Christian church, um, which is why people are trying to identify another James that would be close to Jesus. Um, and they, they come up with his brother, but they, again, they don't know that totally for sure because he wasn't a disciple to begin with. He really didn't get on board until, you know, later. Um, but it's written to the church, uh, to Jewish Christians that are scattered, um, abroad anywhere. Um, and the general message is, um, about maturing our faith about, um, doing these good works things that we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, these good works. Uh-huh. David, what I do you think like about in- these? <laughs> I have, I have a bit of baggage with all of this. Um, you, knew this very well since we were seminary classmates mm-hmm. we talked a lot about this but uh i grew up catholic and ended up leaving the church right around high school um and it was really a struggle before i found my way back and eventually went to seminary and took up a call to ministry and a lot of the reason i got pushed away from the catholic church was just this ever-present feeling of guilt and that i wasn't doing enough and that um you know, I was constantly a sinner. And we find a lot of that in James, depending on how you want to read and spin the whole like faith without works is dead. Um, yeah, and, that's a powerful thing that that the author says, like, who? Yeah. And it can be it can be a profoundly graceful thing. And it can also be a profoundly weaponized thing. It can really be held over your head like, well, if you believe this, why aren't you doing X, Y and Z? Or why aren't you doing more of all of these things? Or why aren't you doing enough? And at the same time, it can also have that graceful element of like, all right, you know, if we really do find ourselves in love with God and truly buying into this message, we can't help but do good things yeah like a you're not doing enough but like because of this i now have to i can do no other so you're um kind of saying that you went through sort of that same sort of transformation that that martin luther did when um because when he left the catholic church like that was some of the same issues that that he had right yeah you know uh kind of similar i guess i never thought about it that way um where, you know, back in Luther's day, you had all of that issue with like the sale of indulgences, trying to earn your way into heaven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Luther's big point was like, no, that's impossible. Like yeah. you can't earn God's love. You have that. That's grace. It's it's for you. Um, and I really struggled with that for a long time. And when I first came around to Lutheranism and people were telling me about this idea of grace. I'm like, come again. Like, <laughs> can you explain that in like more detail to me? Cause that yeah. makes no sense to the upbringing I had. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So, um, the thing, yeah. with, you know, with Martin Luther, when he first, um, 
you know, was having, you know, talking about all his things where, you know, with the indulgences, the 95 theses and all those kind of things where he was leaving the Catholic church, though he wouldn't have identified that for himself. Like he didn't realize he was leaving the church at the time. Um, But he took huge issue with how the, the, how he was taught and how they were, how they were teaching uh, these things about works and in James. And so like, at first he rejected the books of James. Um, He called it, I believe he called it an epistle of straw is that the yeah 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 he did um and he said that like it should be apocryphal aka you know not a part of our our christian canon like he didn't think it should be in the bible that's how how much he was like against this um (laughs) the epistle of straws um i just wanted also (laughs) martin luther is kind of an asshole um i love a lot of the things that he says but like (laughs) he's not nice (laughs) often no Definitely didn't make a reputation uh-huh. being nice. No, no. Uh, but he, he came around to it. So by the time that he writes mm-hmm. um, the, the Lutheran Large Catechism, which is basically a super in-depth teaching of, of the Christian faith from Luther's perspective. So there's a small catechism and then the large one. And the small one's like real basic, like talks about the meaning of the Ten Commandments and talks about the creeds and the Lord's Prayer. But then the large one like really dives into um lutheran theology and if you go to a lutheran seminary you have to read it um and so you get to learn a lot about these things um but he talks a lot about um and and does quote james and so he comes back around to it in a way where like after his own discernment and his own learning he really realized oh this is beautiful and here's why right and so he explains it like this as as david briefly mentioned that this gift that God gave us through Jesus Christ, our salvation, right? That this is a gift that was freely given. And I say was past tense. It has been given. This is a gift that has already been given. We're not earning it. There's nothing we can do to earn it, that we are so unworthy of this gift from God that we can't do anything for it, even if we wanted to, it has already been given, but the works thing this is what he talks about works. Works are the, the doing the good deeds, the, the serving the poor, the working at a soup kitchen, the doing clothing ministry, the creating and leading a mission in Guatemala kind of stuff, right? Um, that these come out of this gift, that because we have received these gifts from God, our faith cannot help but to do these good things. So he describes it like that, that that faith does works incessantly, that this is a response to this gift. I think that's that's something a lot of people can resonate with, because how many of us have had that feeling where it's like, literally, I can do nothing but this thing I'm being called to do. Um, And within our theology, you know, we say that stems from faith that stems with being, you know, filled by and moved by the Holy Spirit and try as you might to resist it, you're going to end up doing that good thing one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can't help it. Right. Like, so when he, when, when, when in James, it says that, you know, without works, our our faith is dead Um, because like these works are the fruits of the gift of God. These are the fruits of our faith. So this faith is what then, you know, kind of leads you into, to doing these things, not the other way around. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's a pretty, a pretty powerful distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised Lutheran, but still when I learned that, that was a pretty important um, distinction for me to really kind of like, 
you know, sort of own my own theology, right. Of like, you know, I always like, we did mission trips and in high school and things like that. And we had, you know, the, the feeding ministries and stuff like that. And so I always learned like, you're supposed to do those things, but it was just that, right. Like you're supposed to do those things, but no one really like sat down and said, Hey, here's why we do these things. It's not because we have to, it's not because we're being commanded to, it's because, because of this gift that, that we want to do these things. We want to share mm-hmm. the gifts of God with others. Yeah. And, you know, I think, especially in like mainline Christianity, we hear a lot of talk about like, oh, Christians, they do good things just to get into heaven. But yeah. that's such a backwards interpretation of all of that. Yeah. It's not that we're doing it because we want like the reward afterward. Um, and that that's not motivating us because like Luther says, we can't earn that. We know that that's already there. Mm -hmm. Um, you could be the shittiest person in the world. Maybe not. You could be like, not a good person, a very mediocre person, just sit by and, you know, say your prayers and be like, I believe in God. And by the grace of God, God's going to bring you up afterwards. Um, and it's going to be okay. Um, however, uh, the more we delve into it and marinate in it and the more, we allow ourselves to be fascinated by the gospel and the life of Jesus. Um, at least in my experience, the more I feel pulled to go out and try to live sim- more, you know, similarly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you, you want to share this gift, like the, this amazing, um, you know, when you are marinating in your faith, as you say, and like mm-hmm. learning, you know, the more that these, um, you know, these good gifts come to us, the more like we are compelled, right, to share them with others. Yeah, and like That's Jesus talks about this a lot in the Gospels. Like he uses so many, yes. you know, like grainy, earthy metaphors for things. And I remember if you've ever read the Gospel of Mark, there's this real weird scene where Jesus comes to this fig tree and it's like not growing fruit. And Jesus mm-hmm. is like, damn the fig tree, you will never grow fruit. And everyone like, what's up with that? Like, that's like, <laughs> such a weird story, but like the, 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 the meaning and the significance behind it is that it's just that we're supposed to be growing and producing fruit because we're growing in this good soil. Yeah. And, you know, this, this whole sweeping metaphor for the current state of the religious world at the time and the fig trees not bearing fruit. And so like away with the fig tree. Um, But, you know, we talk so much about like, yeah, the fruits of the spirit that this is supposed to be what's cultivated from what Mm -hmm. we're being grown in. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, to kind of switch pages here a little bit, because there there is um, a little bit more in in our passage for James that that I would really like um, to talk about today that I think our audience might, you know, benefit from talking about. Um, And this is, you know, right at the beginning where we talk about um, when folks walk into your church, who, who do you judge, right? Like, um, right. are you taking a look at people based on their clothes, based on, um, you know, how much money may be in the offering plate? Um, and this is a struggle. So I, I have a huge struggle with this. Um, and this is something that like, you know, even still to today, like I, I will get told, like, you should know how much, who gives how much money. Um, Mm. and, uh, and it's sort of like, how does that make you feel? (laughs) Uh, well, my thing is, is like, I, I'm, 
Mm -mm. I don't, I don't, I want to know that information. And and for me, it's it's sort of like, because, you know, I'm also imperfect and I don't want to tempt myself to judge people based on those things, because the truth of the reality is as, as a pastor, right? Like my job is to care for people. Um, and it's to care for everyone who walks in those doors. Um, and that shouldn't be based on how much money gets put in the offering plate. Right. Um, but there are still like, there are some people that like, make those distinctions. Right. And that we don't have to care. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have to care about the opinions of the people who don't put money in the offering plate, you know? Yeah. That's, no, that song um... is live and well in our churches today, <laughs> which may be yeah. a reason why, you know, we have um, that some of our, our listeners are like, yeah, I don't go to church. Right. And, and mm-hmm. those are, you're naming some of the, the things as to why. And I think there are other ways that we we make these distinctions, right? Like you have, you know, you obviously have the one about money, but like mm-hmm. we can make some pretty immediate judgments and distinctions about people um, for other reasons, you know, as they walk in, right? right? Yeah, so many things we can judge someone based on. Um, and for better or worse, as humans, we make these snap judgments, right? Um, and here we're really being challenged to like catch ourselves, and yeah. not act on them. Um, well, and to keep in line with, like, really, to me, it's, um, you know, to think about our theology, right, as, as Jesus, you know, challenges us, and, and John, or not John, uh, James even calls it out here, right? Like, yeah, doesn't God not favor the poor and make them rich in spirit, right? Like, so, like, mm-hmm. we're, we're challenged then about how it is that we perceive people and who should be welcome and all of those things. Um, and Jesus yeah. constantly challenges that. And if you ask, you know, a lot of churches will say, well, yeah, everyone's welcome here. Everyone's welcome here. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of churches don't actually mean that if they really, right. really think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's easy to pay lip service to and then not, uh, not follow through with it. Yeah. Um, um, and like, even in okay. the ELCA, you know, we've been really trying to work on that like we have the whole like reconciling in christ movement right now and isn't it shocking like how many congregations are resistant to that like Mm -hmm. i don't know if we want to go through that process so the the, we shouldn't have to right well hang on so the reconciling in christ process is it's just that it's a process it's about taking intentional time and conversation for the congregation Mm -hmm. to create an open and affirming and a welcoming statement it's particularly towards lgbt persons but more so towards um, really re-examining yourself as a church and your and your open and willingness to to greet and love everyone who walks in those doors um, and you're right, David, it is, it is quite astonishing how many churches are not interested in, um, in doing this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the spiritual growth. Like we're, we're trying to bear that fruit. We say we're, we're bearing and uh, for better or worse, it's hard. Yeah, um, it is. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget that committing to following Jesus is hard. Um, you know, if it were easy, um, I don't know, we'd have no problems in the world, you know, everything. Yeah. I always uh, like to, uh, I used to say this a lot when I worked in campus ministries that like, um, you know, as sort of a response that like, listen, I may not like you. Like I, I, you know, I think you're an asshole, but Jesus loves you anyways. Right. Like that's, um, and to understand that, like, you know, those we're, we're not the, the dealer of these gifts and we're not the, committee who decides who gets to be in or out that that is uh, much beyond us which i am very grateful for because i don't want that kind of power 
<laughs> yeah. But, um, but I like to share a story. Um, a, a friend of mine um, gave me permission to share a story, but um, uh, uh, a couple of years ago was, um, you know, um, looking at looking for churches um, in her area and was going to, to join a, a new church and like got, um, you know, kind of assigned to this like Bible study, small group thing, um, you know, that really like, cause it's a big church, right? So you have to like to get to know you in that, that small group setting. Um, goes to the, the small group Bible study and, you know, is, you know, you're talking about each other and really about your story and sharing it. You know, she shared um, that she had, you know, was in recovery, had gone through that long um, process of, of becoming sober after some trouble with alcoholism, right? And then also about um, her sexuality and not really being sure where she was, was at at the time, right? Um, and she was asked not to come back. Oh my gosh. So, um, I mean, so when we think, you know, we're open, are we Mm -hmm. always? Um, and then also what, what kind of messages does this send when, when churches do this or not even like as a church as a whole, but like you as a, as a small group, when we, when we do this, right. It's like, it's not just because it says all are welcome on the door. Wasn't always mean that. Yeah. And, you know. James talks, you know, you get on a few more verses than this whole, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The royal central emphasis, right? The royal law. And the Greek Um, word there is the the king, right? It is the kingdom, the king, you know, it's, it's part of that um, segment, right? So this is the king's law. Yeah. You know, if we look at at Mm -hmm. Jesus as the king, right? Like, or, you know, to use that imagery, I know that's not always helpful for everyone, but to like, think about the, you know, the, the power and authority behind that. Right. Like it's a big deal. And again, it sounds comparatively simple on paper. It like, does. Oh, yeah, just yes. like love people like you love yourself. Um, oh man. But gosh, yeah. it's hard to do. <laughs> and, and complex too. And so this is where right. I think um, that we can kind of get in trouble sometimes when we're starting to think about how we're doling out the law, right? Um, mm-hmm. The last week's episode with uh, Vicar Taylor Burdall, we talked a little bit about um, the law and about how, um, you know, why is it that, you know, Christians don't follow all of the, the Jewish laws that are written out? Like we don't keep kosher, those kind of things. Um, but we have a really, really, really good tendency to pick and choose you know, the ones that we do want to cherry pick out there and tell everybody that they have to follow, um, which is, you know, does make the entire uh, Christian church hypocrites, but also misses, the, you know, misses the point, right? When Jesus came to right. fulfill the law and to give the gift and to set us free, um, that maybe it's not our job then to cherry pick and decide who and what laws um, have to be followed in what certain order. Because that's really what that usually comes right. down to is like, well, we say you're not, mm-hmm. you're not doing these things right right you know well and as jesus so you know eloquently tells us don't worry about the speck in your neighbor's eye till you pull the log out of your own yes mic drop jesus when i when (laughs) when i read so much of this like every once in a while don't you feel like personally attacked by part of scripture you're like whoa that was like way too close to home. Uh-huh. Um, and so much of like the New Testament, like Jesus and the epistles and all of that is just trying to teach us to get out of our own damn ways. Like yeah. we are making this super complicated based on like our ego 
And uh, Jesus is like, let that shit go, man. Like, love each other. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think for each of us, like, we have our own challenges um, with that, right? And I think it just depends on yeah. how we see ourselves in the story. Mm-hmm. And so for like, um, you know, this, this particular passage, when you think about this concept of like this situation of someone walking into a church, you know, you have the rich, the poor, you have the person telling everybody where to sit, you know, kind of creating those judgments. Um, who, mm-hmm. who are you in this story? Are, right. are, have you been the person that's been told, you know, like you can't sit with us? Um, or are you a person who maybe needs to spend a little time and, and reexamine how you're perceiving people when, when they walk into the church, right? Like, are you someone who follows this narrative that we have to pay really close attention to who's giving what? Like, like which, you know, I, I don't want to like bash people that give to the church. Cause obviously like, that's not my intention at all. Cause we need that, but it's sort right. of like to measure a person's worth based on yeah. that is I, I think based what on how is challenging yeah. what James is challenging here. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, and so just uh, in, in general, just I... measure a person's worth based on, based on those things that we could possibly judge them. Right. Any of the things. Right. The, the judgment that right. we'll make, you know, it's, you know, if you, you, you know, this, these verses here that, you know, start to make you feel guilty, you know, verse nine, mm-hmm. um, right. You know, if you show partiality, you know, if you are picking and choosing what neighbors to serve and that you will love, um, he says right mm-hmm. here, like you're, you're committing a sin, right. And that yeah. this is a transgression. Right. Wow. You know, I, I did a lot of youth ministry before we moved here to Guatemala. And um, one of the things, one of the projects I worked on both uh, as a deacon and with the youth group I was serving at the time is we worked with a local uh, homeless community in downtown Harrisburg. And once a month, we would do parking lot church where we'd get together with everyone who was gathering outside the church for the community meal that Sunday. And we do church with them and we'd share communion with them and we'd have fellowship with the community and we'd just make friends and it was cool. Um, and then afterwards, you know, we'd partake in a meal together. And I remember the first time I took the youth group there, we did church and that was good. And then we went behind the table and we served the meal. And after everyone had had their meal, I'm like, all right, guys, grab a plate and go make friends. And they're like mortified. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do you mean? Like, how, how, how do we even like sit down and talk to people? And I'm like, like you would anyone else. Um, but, you know, clearly there was this, there was this preconceived notion that mm-hmm. like, it's cool to be behind the table serving the poor and needy, but to then go hang out was just like beyond their ability or beyond their grasp of like what was normal and that's just really it's been it was one of like the pivotal points of my like early ministry where I'm like wow you know know, I I have been in a similar experience yeah oh I've been in a similar experience with grown-ass adults that that did the exact same thing um and and I and I think you're right and so and and you're pointing to something that I that I did want to mention here too is about again when we get these when we, we hear things about this, uh, about not judging about, you know, and, and, and this goes a lot with what we were talking about last week with, with Vicar Taylor too, is like, these are sort of like 
the rules for, I don't say rules, but like guidelines or like, this is what you should do suggestions for relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about yeah. relationships. Um, and that's usually what Absolutely. it comes down to with Jesus is Jesus wants you to take a look at your relationships and what do those relationships look like with others? Is it just like mm-hmm. you serving the food or is there a more relational value to it and actually sharing a meal with someone? Cause that is a much different concept. Completely different concept. Um, yeah. One is, one is very transactional. Yes. And the other is just like you said, relational. Um, and, you know, in the United States, we're really good at transactional relationships. Like we've got our drive through Starbucks person and, you know, like maybe we wave at the Amazon driver uh, when they drop something off, but like, it doesn't go beyond that. Right. It's like, I give you money, you give me a service and that's it. Well, hey, that goes back to our works thing, right? So the whole deal about like, God gave us this free gift and that we share the gifts with others, right? Like that's a relational thing. If we are just doing things to earn a earn something from God, that's 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 not a gift, first of all, but that's a transaction with God. Right. right? And so like it's the whole thing is is like it's not a transactional relationship, our relationship with God, nor should our relationship with others. Right. Oh my gosh, AJ, is the kingdom of heaven not a capitalist society? Can we say that? Are people going to like freak out? No, totally. Do, right. Do like, exactly. To that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if, our, if anyone in our audience had a problem with you saying that, they stopped listening a long time ago to the podcast. <laughs> um, so you're good. But um, yeah, I mean, like, listen thank you for bringing that up. You know, let's talk about the, you know, talking about the kingdom and and the relational value there that it's about our relationship with God and our relationship with others and recognizing the relationship that God already has with others. We, Mm -hmm. we are not taking God to them and serving that food. God is already there. And is it, how is it then that we can um, share a meal with one another and break down Mm -hmm. some of these walls and barriers to judgment? Yeah. Break bread together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's your sermon for this week that, you know, I didn't intend to give you, but (laughs) since it's Labor Day weekend, you're probably not going to church anyway. So um, if you are great, I will be there. (laughs) If you'll be in Baltimore anyways. Um, But thanks. uh, Thanks, David, for joining us for this conversation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Great to see you and chat with you and get to know the, the podcast a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. And so we appreciate kind of just sharing a little bit um, about the word of God and, and how it really kind of applies to our life. But anyways, well, that's it for this week. Look for us next Tuesday on Should They Don't Tell You on Sunday and follow us at facebook.com forward slash Should They Don't Tell You on Sunday um, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen to podcasts uh, to get notifications and stay up to date with new episodes. And, you know, as always, share this with friends and family that you think might uh, be interested in journeying with us. Take care, everyone. Thank you.